Welcome new and old friends. My name is 242. And today, Two got us three stories about being in the middle of nowhere. We start our stories with a man who's taken by his new friend to an abandoned trailer park. And end with a story of hitchhikers who went into the lost woods and found out why it's named that. Turn off your lights. Make sure your doors and windows are locked. Things are about to get spooky. Dead in New Orleans by The Lying Dog I shouldn't have followed him. I know that now. Ben figured because I was in such a bad way, it was his moral obligation to get me jacked up on my 22nd birthday. This is your idea of being jacked up? I spurred around a mouthful of cheap beer. Where in the hell did you find this place? Ben flipped on the high beams on his crap beater and illuminated a field straight out of an L. Roth snuff flick. Row upon row of abandoned double-wide trailers littered the area. I could make out a giant red X sprayed painted over the doors of each trailer. A jattered line of molten lightning ripped the Louisiana sky wide open as a torrent of summer rain battered the windshield. It's a graveyard, Ben said, his face once a placid mask cracked into a reductus grin. Come on, jackass. Ben threw himself out of the car and into the torrential rain with a twelve barely holding together in his hands. I watched Ben splash through the mud and disappear into the first trailer before I could even get out a word about this being a really bad idea. Happy effing birthday to me. I threw myself into the rain with my jacket over my head and into the trailer. Slamming my sodden jacket on the floor, I yelled, What the hell, Ben? But Ben wasn't there. Come on, Ben, this is my actual birthday, and you promised to get me jacked up! I yelled into the deserted double-wide. The trailer felt deserted, and I swore I saw him run through the door. I looked down at the soaking wet footprints mucking up the inch-thick dust on the floor leading to the back of the rooms. Seriously, Ben, what the hell are we doing here? The thought that I didn't actually know this guy kept nagging at the back of my mind. We had just met at a bar on Bourbon while I was celebrating my 22nd birthday. I must have looked like a sad case drowning my sorrows alone in cheap booze that he sat down and ordered the next round. I told him my sob story. Came down here to celebrate with my girlfriend. She dumped me on bourbon with the words, I never loved you, and pranced away with a stripper named Bambi. This all seemed like a good idea through my alcohol-numbed prefrontal cortex until about five seconds ago. Come on, man, let's get out of here. The idiocy of being stuck in a deserted trailer park in a strange city, driven here in someone else's car, slammed into my quickly sobering up gray matter. 
A drip, drip, drip cadence off the wall in response. Not just the rain, but a steady pattern from inside what must have been the back bedroom. I walked down the hall and opened the door. Ben was there, laying on a mold-covered mattress, his hand hanging off the side of the bed. Drip, drip, dripping. They left us here, you know. They just painted an X and never came back. Ben said through lips that never moved, I'm just so cold. I stared at Ben's head flopping to the side, bloating and discolored. His detached hand reached out to me. The last thing I remember was the front door slamming open by a torrential wave of muddy ocean water. It's August in New Orleans, and I'm so very cold. I don't know how long I remember what happened to me. What happened to me? I'm sitting at the same bar on Bourbon, nursing piss-warm beer with Ben. My ex-girlfriend and that stripper, Barbie, just stumbled onto the patio. I'm thinking, they want to get jacked up too. Three years ago, the disease was spreading and killing millions. So Dad took us to live in a nuclear bunker in the middle of the Nevada desert. When my brothers and I found an old radio yesterday, we thought we met with static. But to our surprise, there were clear voices discussing the weather. I'm a park ranger at Mount Rainier. People keep going missing, and I think I found out why. By Beatrice Ambaraxis. 25. That is the number of people who have gone missing at the park since the beginning of the year, with nothing being done or said about it. In fact, I'm pretty sure I'll lose my job when they find this posting. But I have other things to be scared of at this point, and this needs to get out. I'm a wilderness ranger at Mount Rainier. My job is to walk the hundreds of miles of trail and wilderness in the park, looking for problems and helping lost and injured hikers. In the old days, any lost hiker would mean all of us going out together, putting together a search plan and doing our best to get them home safely. Things are different today. Ever since the start of 2022. Whenever a person gets reported missing, the family is assured we are on it and will do our best to find them and promise that they will dispatch us to look. As soon as the family is gone, our boss tells us that they'll have to search and rescue company take over. And if we know what's best for our jobs, we should just focus on checking trail conditions and doing the rest of our jobs. And so it's gone on since 2022. At first, there were just a few people missing here and there all over the park. It didn't seem that unusual other than our rangers not being involved in the search. But we figured it was some new policy and shrugged it off. More people started disappearing as the years went on, making all of us wonder what was going on and why it had been made clear to us we should keep our mouths shut. 
Personally, I figured it was just a combination of bad trail conditions from rough winter, an influx of inexperienced hikers, and the Park Service trying to avoid looking bad when we needed more funding. Until last Thursday. It was an overcast day, and I was walking along the trail up to the Ipsa Pass in the Carbon River area, humming quietly to myself to pass the time and wondering how far I'd have to go before I have to put on my crampons, when I saw it. Off to the side of the trail, maybe 50 feet into the forest, there was an odd light on the forest floor. At first, I thought the light was just a reflection off the water or some trash someone had left, but as I moved closer, the light didn't fade or change. It just stayed steady. Maybe it was a lost flashlight? I had walked these trail dozens of times and never noticed it before. I knelt down, taking my pack off, and saw the light seemed to be coming from just under the dirt. For some reason, I felt uneasy. I looked around to see if anyone else was nearby on the trail, but saw no one. Shrugging, I reached into the dirt to poke at the light and see what it was. Poking around, I found the corner of a slightly open trap door that was mostly only a foot wide on each side. It was camouflaged nearly perfectly. If it had not been left just barely ajar with light exposed, there was no way anyone would have seen it from the trail. I kept opening it, feeling uneasy, but hoping it was some sort of buried sides monitor, or, at worst... Maybe a hiker's idea of a good place to cache food and water for long treks. Instead, I found the opening to what appeared to be a small burrow of sorts, with an electric camp torch at the corner. I shoved my head down to look inside. The space was small, with enough room for one person if they didn't mind contouring themselves. On the wall of the burrow were dozens of Polaroid photos of people hiking. All the photos seemed to have been taken very low to the ground. The photos were from all over the park, many dozens or more miles apart. Most of the photos I didn't recognize, but among them I saw a few that I knew for a fact were hikers that had gone missing over the last year. Then my heart stopped. I saw a photo of me hiking along the Ipsu Pass Trail about half an hour ago. Crack. I heard a twig snap somewhere around me. I took my head out of the burrow and I started running down the trail the way I came. I didn't look back or stop until I got to the wilderness cavern near the Ipsu campground. I locked and barricaded the door and waited till another rager showed up the next morning not sleeping a wink. I asked him to walk back along the Ipsu Pass trail with me. He was annoyed that I wouldn't say why, but agreed. We spent an hour looking, but couldn't find any sign of the burrow. I asked for some time off right afterwards, and my manager seemed very suspicious and demanded to know why. I made up some excuse about my family and didn't tell him or anyone else what I saw. For some reason, I knew that telling them would at best end with me losing my job. I don't know who or what made that burrow, 
but I think it's taking people at Rainier. And for some reason, the government is covering it up. I wish that was the end of the story, but it's not. This afternoon, I saw something glittering from within the air vent on the floor of my kitchen. I thought maybe my cat had stuck another toy in it. I took the grain off the vent to take the toy out. Instead of a cat toy, I found a Polaroid photo. Taking low to the ground of me making breakfast this morning. Never acknowledge a stranger in the cemetery, Manana warned. Because if it's a spirit, you don't want them to know you can see them. If only I remembered her words before greeting the old man at her grave whose outline now appears in the corner every time I turn off the lights. Brave Emily by Entire Stage 9377 The sun was setting as Emily sorted through her mail. She stopped at an envelope with a picture of a lush forest and the words... Join us on a hiking adventure, written in bold letters. Emily's heart raced as she read the details of the invitation. It was from a group of hikers who were planning to explore the mysterious Lost Woods, a place that was rumored to be cursed. Emily had always been intrigued by the Lost Woods, but she was also scared. She had heard stories of hikers getting lost and never returning, of strange creatures lurking in the trees, and of a ghostly figure that haunted the forest. But the invitation was too tempting to resist. Emily wanted to prove to herself that she was brave enough to face her fears. After some hesitation, she decided to accept the invitation. The date and time were set for the following weekend, and Emily spent the rest of the night researching the Lost Woods, trying to learn as much as she could about the dangers that laid ahead. As she drifted off to sleep, she couldn't shake the feeling that she was making a huge mistake. The day of the hike arrived, and Emily met up with the other hikers at the entrance of the Lost Woods. There were six of them in total, all strangers to Emily. They introduced themselves and exchanged nervous small talk as they prepared for the trek. The first part of the hike was relatively easy, with the group following a well-worn trail through the dense foliage. Emily marveled at the beauty of the forest and its tall trees and vibrant undergrowth. But as they ventured further into the woods, she began to feel uneasy. The trees grew thicker and more twisted, blocking out the sunlight and casting deeper shadows across the forest floor. Strange noises echoed through the trees, and Emily couldn't shake the feeling that they were being watched. The other hikers seemed to sense it too, as they grew quieter and more tense. Suddenly, they heard a loud cracking sound, and Emily jumped. One of the hikers had stepped on a branch, causing it to snap. They all stopped and looked around nervously. 
but there was nothing in sight. Let's keep moving, said the group leader, a tall man named Jack. We need to reach the campsite before nightfall. As they continued down the trail, Emily felt a growing sense of dread. The forest was not what she had expected it to be. She couldn't shake the feeling that something was very wrong in the Lost Woods. The group had been hiking for several hours when they realized they had lost a trail. Panic set in as they tried to retrace their steps, but everything looked the same. Emily's heart raced as she thought about being lost in the woods overnight. The other hikers were starting to argue, blaming each other for getting lost. We need to find a place to set up camp, said Jack. We can't keep wandering aimlessly in the dark. Just then, they stumbled upon an old abandoned cabin. It was dilapidated, with boarded-up windows and a sagging roof. But it was better than nothing. Let's stay here for the night, said Jake, and the other hikers reluctantly agreed. As they sailed into the cabin, Emily couldn't help but feel uneasy. The air was thick with the smell of mold, and the floorboards creaked underfoot. She tried to make the best of the situation, setting up her sleeping bag in a corner and pulling out a granola bar to munch on. But as the night wore on, strange things began to happen. The group heard rustling outside the cabin, and they heard eerie whispers in the wind. They started to see strange symbols etched into the wood of the cabin. Symbols that they couldn't identify. Emily tried to brush it off as her imagination, but the feeling of unease only grew stronger. She realized that the lost woods were more dangerous than she had ever imagined, and that they might never make it out alive. The night in the cabin was a long, restless one for Emily and the other hikers. Strange noises continued throughout the night, and they all felt like they were being watched. As dawn broke, they were all relieved to see the sun rising and to be able to leave the cabin behind. As they resumed their hike, the forest seemed even more sinister than before. The air was thick with mist and they could barely see a few feet in front of them. Emily felt like they were being led in circles, with the same trees and bushes appearing over and over again. The other hikers seemed just as lost and disoriented. Suddenly, they heard a blood-curling scream. They all froze, unsure where it came from. Emily heart raced as she tried to identify the source of the sound. Then, out of the corner of her eyes, she saw a dark figure moving in the trees. It was fast and elusive, disappearing as quickly as it had appeared. She tried to tell the other hikers, but they brushed it off as her imagination. But the feeling of being watched only grew stronger. Emily felt like they were being followed by an unseen presence, something dark and malevolent, that was closing in on them. She knew that they needed to find a way out of the Lost Woods, and fast, before it was too late. Emily's fears were confirmed when they stumbled upon a clearing in the woods. 
There, they found evidence of a previous campsite, a tattered tent, discarded camp gear, and an abandoned backpack. It was clear that someone else had been lost in the woods, just like they were. As they continued to search the clearing, they heard a low growl coming from the trees. Emily's heart raced as she realized they were being hunted. The unseen presence that had been following them was closing in. The hikers quickly gathered their belongings and started to run, but it was too late. They were surrounded by a group of strange, animal-like creatures. They were about the size of a large dog with matted fur and glowing yellow eyes. Emily's stomach turned as she realized that they were not just animals, but something far more sinister. The creatures started to move in on the group, snarling and snapping their teeth. Emily tried to run, but one of the creatures lunged at her, knocking her to the ground. She screamed as it pinned her down, its hot breath on her face. Just when she thought it was over, she heard a loud gunshot. The creature fell to the ground and Emily looked up to see Jack holding a smoking gun. The other hikers had managed to fend off the other creatures and they quickly fled the clearing. As they ran through the woods, Emily couldn't shake the feeling they were being chased. She knew they needed to find a way out of the lost woods before it was too late. The hikers continued to run through the woods, with the sound of the creatures close behind them. Emily's heart was pounding in her chest as she stumbled through the underbrush, trying to keep up with the group. Suddenly, they came to a stop at the edge of a steep cliff. Emily gasped as she looked down, seeing only jagged rocks far below. There was no way down and no way back. They were trapped. As they tried to catch their breath, Emily noticed that one of the hikers was missing. She looked around frantically, trying to find him in the darkness. That's when she saw him, standing at the edge of the cliff, her eyes blank and unseen. Peter! She screamed, but it was too late. He jumped from the edge of the cliff, plummeting to his death below. The other hikers were in shock, and Emily felt a wave of despair wash over her. They were trapped in the lost woods with no way out, and now they had lost one of their own. She knew they needed to find a way to survive, or they would all end up like Peter. As they huddled together, trying to come up with a plan, Emily felt a sense of dread wash over her. She realized they were being watched by something far more dangerous than the creatures in the woods. There was an unseen force, something dark and malevolent, that was driving them towards their own destruction. Emily knew that they needed to make a sacrifice to appease the force that was watching them. It was their only hope of making it out alive. She looked at the other hikers, knowing what she had to do. We need to make a sacrifice, she said. It's the only way we'll survive. The other hikers looked at her in horror, but Emily knew that it was the only way. She would have to offer herself up as a sacrifice in the hopes that it would appease the dark force that was watching them. With a heavy heart, Emily stepped forward, ready to make the ultimate sacrifice for the sake of the group. When Emily stepped forward to make the sacrifice, the other hikers protested. They couldn't bear the thought of losing another member of their group, but Emily was resolute. 
She knew that it was their only chance of survival. She stepped forward towards the edge of the cliff, ready to jump. But just as she was about to take the leap, she heard a voice calling out to her from the woods. Emily! It was Jake's voice. It sounded urgent. Emily turned around and saw Jake running towards her, holding something in his hands. I found it, he said, holding out a map. The way out of the woods! The other hikers looked at the map in disbelief. It seemed too good to be true, but Emily knew that they had to trust Jack. They had to take a chance. They followed the map, hiking through the woods with renewed hope. As Emily and the other hikers emerged from the woods, they saw that they were at the edge of a small town. They had made it out, but something didn't feel quite right. The air was thick with an eerie stillness, and the town seemed deserted. As they cautiously made their way through the streets, they realized something terrible had happened. The buildings were in ruin, and the streets were littered with debris. It was as if the town had been abandoned for years. Emily felt a sense of dread wash over her. They had escaped the lost woods, but what had they stumbled into? The hikers huddled together, trying to come up with a plan. They knew they couldn't stay in the town for long, but they also knew they couldn't go back into the woods. Suddenly, they heard a faint whispering sound. It seemed to be coming from all around them, but they couldn't make out the words. The sound grew louder and more intense until it was almost deafening. Emily realized they were being summoned by something far more powerful than they had ever encountered before. She knew they had to make a choice, and quickly. They could stay and face whatever was calling to them, or they could flee and hope to find safety elsewhere. As the hikers debated their options, they saw a figure approaching them from the shadows. It was a woman, dressed in tattered clothes, with wild hair and expression of terror on her face. Run! She screamed as she stumbled towards them. You have to get out of here! But before she could say anything more, she was pulled back into the darkness by an unseen force. The hikers were frozen in fear, unsure what to do next. As they stood there, paralyzed, the whispering grew louder and more intense. Emily knew that they had to make a decision, and fast. With a heavy heart, she turned to the other hikers and whispered, We have to go back into the woods. They knew it was a dangerous choice, but it seemed like the only option. They turned and ran back towards the lost woods, hoping they would find safety within its steps. As they disappeared into the darkness, the town fell silent once again. The only sound was the faint whispering, calling out for more souls to join its ranks. I watched a movie where a killer hid under a person's car and cut their Achilles tendon with a pair of scissors after they tried to get in the vehicle, completely unaware what was about to happen. I'm actually really curious to see if this would work in real life, but it's getting late and this dude is taking for 
ever to come back. And with that, my friends, our time together is coming to an end. As always, I would like to thank the writers who let me read their stories today. I do hope you guys enjoyed these stories. I thought I would do three shorter ones for you this time. I've been doing a lot of really long and one stories in one video, so I thought I'd go back to my roots and do some short fictional stories. I couldn't love but the guy who got picked up basically by a ghost brought to an abandoned trailer park just to die. It's very fitting for that city. New Orleans is known to be not a safe city and a city full of ghosts. I have heard stories of coffins on the street after a hurricane because the waters brought back up grandma. In that city, the dead is always around you and living with you. I can see why ghost stories are aplenty there. I also like the ranger who's actually going to be picked off next by some unknown person who's making people disappear for unknown reasons. I personally would love a part two to see where that goes. But it was a great story and gave me a good chill. And I would love a part two for Emily's Brave to see where exactly they go next. Did they die as they entered those woods, or maybe the cabin? And now they're just stuck in limbo? Because the fog didn't show up until after that night. So I'm wondering if the cabin transported them to a new place, or killed them. Now with all that being said, if you'd like to help this podcast, please share it with anyone who might enjoy it. It really helps get the word out. I've also noticed in the last little bit that there's been a real bump in people tuning into this podcast. So to the new listeners, welcome. As I said before, my name is 242, and I'm very happy to have you here. If you'd like to financially help this podcast, especially since I don't really do ads at this time, well, I do have Patreon, where for a dollar a month you get early access to the audios as well as bonus stories. But if you'd like to do a one-time donation, I do have Buy Me A Coffee and PayPal. But if you also like to keep up with what I'm up to and what I'm doing, I do have in the show notes, as well as the links to those things, the ones to my socials. Everything's under 242 Reads. And if you'd like to just see stories I've written or other things, I do actually have a website, www.242reads.com as well. But as always, guys, thank you for just listening. It's really awesome to see this podcast is growing again. Sleep tight and don't let 42 bites.